0: All right, recording this six twenty eight, the 20th of August. Me and Nolan are joined by Haynes, Haynes of the Knicks wall, man. If y'all are Knicks fans and you don't know what the, the Knicks wall is, y'all missing out, for real. One of the, you know, better publications out there, putting out Knicks news, uh, engaging with the Knicks Twitter. It, it's great over there. Um, Haynes is a proud member of that and uh, a friend of the show, I guess we could say now, you know, came on twice. Um, Absolutely.
1: Love, love to be a friend of the show, man. Love to be on. For sure, side
2: note uh, the Nick's Wall is the only Knicks podcast that I have a t shirt for.
0: Oh, see, oh, uh, there we oh, go. really? Great. Okay, oh,
1: okay. Well, let me tell you, we got some stuff in. I don't want to give all the secrets away, but we got some stuff in the stash that we're about to drop. So, yeah, man, you guys got some good merch. I like it. Yeah, we got some stuff coming for you. Yeah,
0: definitely <laughs> one of the big dogs in the community, definitely. Definitely. Um, I actually wanted to open up the conversation to Haynes and um, speak about, you know, the Knicks offseason because, you know, the Knicks decided to bring back the band. They brought back Burks for three for 30, Noel for three for 20, 32, Fournier they brought from Boston, four for 78, uh, Rose three for 43, and um, they brought back, they brought Kemba for an $8 million contract. Um, All the all the deals that got multi years on them have a team option on the last year, which is good for flexibility wise. You never know what might happen in the future. Um, Haynes, what what was your thoughts, man? Did you did you like bringing back the band or did you want other free agents? What what was your thoughts?
1: So at first I wasn't a fan on day one, to be completely honest, just because I do think that the Knicks could have kind of mixed it up a little bit just to just to change it up you know I think there were some names out there that the Knicks could have pursued a little bit better but like once they got Kemba everything kind of fit back into place so like I gave it a B when you consider the entire offseason I think getting all those guys in place getting some more young guys and stuff in the room I think they did okay considering the options that were available to them
0: for sure, I think the big thing with me and Nolan that we said before was you know just to keep flexibility. You know, uh, the Evan Fournier deal, if not gonna lie, I was with you, I was scratching my head a little bit like <laughs> 78 million dollars, like uh, you know, but it, and you know, it was crazy because we spoke about it last time he was on, we were talking about how uh Gary Trent Jr. was a free agent, and uh, even though he was restricted, he only got like 50 something million dollars. I would have loved yeah. the Knicks to start you know bidding against that to see how far uh that number could get because that was a guy that I really thought could fit in our offense a little bit younger than Fournier he brings the same stuff. But, uh you know, Nolan, what was your thoughts on the, on the whole free agency for the Knicks?
2: Free agency. I mean, like kind of like we talked about, I like the fact that they brought back a lot of dudes. I like the continuity of it. I didn't think there were many other options that I really would have wanted. Um, I guess like you said, I mean, Let's, um, Fournier is maybe just as good as who is the player you were saying? Oh, Trent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Trent, they're definitely Gary on the Trent, same. Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're maybe even a little bit level. better with his experience right yeah, now. Yeah, right. I think he's a better fit for the Knicks, particularly just because I don't know. I I watched some Gary Trent Junior games. And he just seems like more of a spot-up three-point shooter. I like. told you before. I know man. we talked about this because this last time. But I just haven't seen enough of him, like, being able to actually attack the basket. Not that Fournier is great at that either. But I just – I don't know. I just think that his shooting is a little better and that he has more shot creation ability than a player like Gary Trent.
0: Yeah, For sure. For sure. I, I could definitely see that. Um, You know, the addition of Kemba to me was very big. And, you know, finally, we have a, you know, competent, you know, starting unit out there with, you know, with Rose backing him up. So we get 40, 48 minutes of solid point guard play, which is something we didn't get at all last year. But um, but Alfred Payton just putting us pretty much putting us in a hole the whole first half of the game, which is annoying you know i can't believe we still won a lot of games to be that.
2: fair at the end of the years of basically like 10 minutes a game
0: man that was 10 minutes it's a lot of minutes oh, in i'm just saying
2: at the end we did see it start to come down at least like to reasonable levels
0: for sure um haynes what you thought about the Knicks draft you know they were able to pick up uh grimes uh mcbride and also jericho sims out of texas uh you know the way you know the draft board i wasn't able to watch the draft live but um you know nolan here was on his toes saying you're like they didn't you know because they traded out the pick on both of the picks and decided to go down to 25 and pick up grimes what, what was your thought process throughout that whole draft
1: um <laughs> it's funny because it's just like there was talk about sharif cooper being a nick yeah um let was talk about Jalen johnson potentially falling so like i thought the knicks were going to be able to like get two guys and kind of just chill and in the end they got Grimes they got McBride they got Sims and I guess my biggest concern was that this is the second draft in a row where we kind of see the Knicks pass up on upside a little bit
0: mm-hmm.
1: like you look at the Obi Toppin pick you know now we're moving into year two and Obi doesn't really have a role outside of that like 10 to 15 minute backup right like I would have loved to see them go after someone with a little bit more upside but the Knicks are drafting guys who they feel comfortable with and who they feel like they can get on the floor right away. Like, if the Knicks didn't get Kemba Walker and Deuce McBride had to play, I have no problem with Deuce McBride playing. If Quentin Grimes had to play a small role this season, you know, if they have to get somebody out there due to injury or whatever, you know, I think Grimes can play and play well. Uh, Sims, I feel feel like... At at least (laughs) and I think sims is an interesting guy to uh, tuck away like i'm curious to see what they do with him uh in the g league because if i'm the knicks i would just go get a like a Not a veteran point guard but like a proper g league level point guard and just run pick and roll with him all day Just keep him active make you know get him Uh acclimated on defense because that was the one part in the summer league where I wasn't impressed His defense was pretty poor and his awareness was bad, but like Mm let him work on defense in the G League, get acclimated. And then next year, if he's your backup center option, like I don't think that's crazy. So I think they did a good job.
0: For sure, for sure. What was your thoughts on their play in summer league? You know, because me and Nolan, we spoke about it last uh, last pod and we spoke about how like McBride has really, you know, you know, because I wasn't really a big fan coming out. I thought there were other options at that spot. Um, yeah. I, I, personally, I like Preston and um, mm-hmm. what, was, what was the other guy who, who fell? Damn, I can't I can't even remember. But uh, I definitely wanted Preston at that spot. Uh, the Clippers picked up a good one and, and, and Preston, but But uh, I definitely like McBride's defense. He was he's a Tibbs guy on defense. He's going to get up on your grill. Um, the jump shot off the pick and roll, the middie, Um, He showed a little bit of the three ball improvement from college. Um, the only thing that scares me a little bit with uh, McBride is his uh, penetration. Hopefully that gets better. Uh, mm. He needs a pick to, you know, orchestrate the offense or to create any type of habit. Um, he definitely needs that pick. Um, Grimes, I liked how Grimes uh, was there defensively, even though he didn't shoot the ball uh, particularly well. All, all of the summer league games, he was there defensively and lit it up, uh, you know, a few of the last uh, games. And, yeah. uh, and like you said with Jericho Sims, uh, you know, he sets picks already. He sets picks at an NBA level. Um, you could tell with that big body, he's going to be somewhat of a good rebounder. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of, you know, that Ed Davis type, uh, a little bit more athletic, you know, Ed Davis, Stephen Adam, just a big, strong guy who's able to man the the middle. And he, obviously he's able to jump out the gym. Uh, I, I, that that's a good draft, a good, solid draft. Uh, uh, Haynes, what, what's your thoughts on, on, um, their summer league play?
1: Yeah, I, I really thought Grimes is, I think. I'm trying to figure out the right way to say it. I think what you saw at Summer League is that all of them have like a solid baseline of skills, right? Yeah. yeah. Like so you don't really worry about them like not contributing at all, right? I, I guess I do wonder a little bit about their quote, like again, about how good they can be. Like Deuce McBride, like you said, you you hit the nail on the head. Like the one thing I didn't really care for is that one, I don't feel like he's a point guard. I feel like he's a he's a bit of a two, and two, he doesn't really get to the basket that much. Like he didn't really do well in attacking the basket, at least in summer league, he looked kind of a step be- a step below that athleticism. And we're like,
0: only assuming the NBA, it's you know it's gonna translate that into the NBA, right?
1: Yeah, but like the thing is, is that he'll play good defense. He'll hit a bunch of threes. You can put him on the floor, and you know that you're getting solid defense from that player and the same thing goes with grimes grimes is a little bit taller he can space the floor um i am a bit concerned about him long term outside of just the catching and shooting right because we have seen before where it's like this guy can catch and shoot and play defense but when you get to the next level you know the playoffs and you're starting to break down the bad teams from the good teams in the playoffs like i would like to see him add a little bit more of a floor game um I wouldn't be shocked if they sent him to Westchester and he worked on that a little bit. So you know, I think that's the thing and Sims yeah Sims Sims looks good, man. I, I think Sims offensively was probably one of the bigger shocks in Summer League because even like there was one play in the Pacers game where he had like he caught the ball in the middle of the floor. And he was able to get to the basket and get like a little layup. and I was just like, okay, like I haven't seen like I haven't seen Mitchell Robinson do that. you know what I mean? and that's nothing against Mitch, but it's just like there's a little bit more. Uh, offense, skills. yeah, yeah, there's a little bit more there than what we saw at Texas, which I think is interesting, which is something that they really should be working with him on. For sure, I totally
2: agree with like pretty much everything you guys have said on Summer League. I mean, like for McBride, he's looked as advertised on defense, you know, looks great. Um, his jumper looks better than I anticipated it being. I knew he could shoot. Um, but I was a little more impressed in Hamza than Hamza that you were that with his shot creation abilities. Well, I know he does rely heavily on screens, but I think that him working on his handle like over the next year, he'll be a lot better in that area. Um, I think he, like I said, Glasspod has the highest big chance of playing regular minutes. Um, as far as Grimes, I like Grimes. But kind of like your concern was, Haynes, Um, when you get to the playoffs and guys are just locked in on you and you can't create your own shot, I worry about that with him. I mean, he's not, I mean, he's a lengthy player and he can play defense, but
0: I really liked Bones right there. Mm -hmm. I thought he was a better fit for our team
2: there just for that shot creation alone. But I mean, I'm not. I definitely wasn't mad about the Grimes pick, and I definitely see him carving out a role in the long term. Maybe not being a huge contributor this year, but, yeah. But definitely, you know, coming up Sims. Now, I definitely think is a de- de- developmental player. I think of him as more like a developmental version of uh, Norvell Pell, with like a higher upside and, and way, mm-hmm. better, way better hands. They both can jump out the gym. Both can do that. Both can uh, catch oops and everything. But like you said, there's some issues there with him too. So, I mean, seeing him in the G League, seeing him get some regular season minutes maybe if somebody gets hurt or some trade happens or anything like that. Um, it's just been great to see everything the summer league, even Obi making first team all summer league. Nice. Nah,
0: it's a, it's it's great to see, uh, you know, Nick's Twitter for probably the second year in a row uh, all coming together and saying, like, you know, this is a great, you know, group of guys that we drafted, um, you know, Leon Rose um, last uh, last pod, uh, me and Nolan, we gave a big props to Leon Rose and the way he's able to pick, uh, you know, the type of prospects and to fit our system, uh, because, you know, you know, last regime, we didn't have the best look with the draft picks. You know, I, I, I could definitely mm-hmm. say that. Um, I definitely wanted to get your opinion on the Mitch situation because um, Leon Rose checkbook was out this summer and he did not give uh, Mitch a, an extension, which is kind of weird to me and Nolan. Um, today, we, today we saw a Time Lord got his, uh, I believe, three or four year, $54 million deal. So he got an extension and um, Boston was able to commit to him. And I can only think Mitch is looking at that thinking that he's better than this kid and he wants more. And I saw that uh, uh, Tom Lord. He only played. He played like way less minutes, way less games than Mitch. Way less productive than uh, than what Mitch was the last two years. Um, I don't know what to say. I don't know. Uh, to me, it seems like the to me it seems like the writing is on the wall with Mitch' future with us. he will probably just play out this next year, and then we'll see what's up. Because he's a, remember, he's a second round pick, so he's restrict. He's not a restricted free agent. He, so he could go wherever he wants. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have no control about that. Uh, Haynes, what's your thoughts on the whole Mitch situation?
1: That's that is the one place where I was the most confused about, right? Like, everything, nothing about the Nerlands Noel deal makes sense compared to Mitchell Robinson unless Nerlands is starting, right? Like, you're not going to give him, even if the argument is, hey you only have him for two years and then you have him on a cheap contract and you can use him as a trade chip. I don't see anyone going out their way to take a backup center because he fits the contract. You know, he fits financially in someone's trade. Right. So it's just like, for me, I would have, I would have paid Mitchell Robinson his money and I probably would have went and went cheap on a backup center. Like to me, I probably would have signed like Cody Zeller got like, a, a minimum deal with Portland like that would have been the direction I went but I would have invested in Robinson before paying Noel yeah and it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because I do think there is value in having 48 consistent minutes of good center play right but I also think when you do that like it it does magnify the weaknesses of those players a little bit more like Mitchell Robinson He's better at just like straight post defense, right? Like, New Orleans Noel is probably more, uh, better for like today's game where you have to move around, you have to, you know, cut off, you know, pick and roll and different things like that. But like, if you're playing against Jokic and you're playing against Embiid and these guys, like, I think Mitchell Robinson has a better chance against those guys just because he's a little, he's bigger, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, we saw it in the in the Hawk series where Quinn Capella was just, like, on the boards at all times, you know. And it's just going to be interesting to see how uh, Tibbs kind of figures out that center rotation. And if he prefers one guy over another, because early in the season it was Mitch, then Mitch got hurt, and then Noel played really well. Is he going to lean on the veteran, or is he going to try to... Uh, you know, make sure that Mitchell Robinson starts. And if Mitchell Robinson starts, it becomes a trickier thing because any success you have with Mitch, that's going to lead for, that's going to lead Mitch to think, well, if I hit the market, I could go get a big contract, you know? So it, it's, it's a lot of different factors in there. Plus the Knicks can still sign him, right? Like I think the deal is that they can still extend his contract after, like even after the trade deadline. Or at least up to that point. So there is there is still there still is a point where the Knicks could like kinda just extend his contract and lock him in. But I do wonder, you know, you know how some of these guys get where it's like with um like Dennis Schroeder, where it's like I'm not taking four eighty, I want four hundred. I think somebody out there before was like, Hey, he can get a ton of money on the market, let him hit the market, and then the market tried up, you know. So it, it, it's a risk or no reward for for mitch but it's just like for the knicks you know losing that asset may hurt but it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that i'll say that
2: so this is an interesting transition into something that i've been kind of anxious to ask you and like a lot of people on next twitter about sure. just uh how you see the ob and randall situation playing out because i mean i don't think Tibbs plays them together because, like we were just saying, you know, re-signing Noel, drafting Sims, and even re-signing Taj shows that Tibbs and his staff really value rim protection a lot. And I also think that rim protection is like really necessary for our roster because guards like Rose and Kemba and Quickly in your lineup, like you know, they're all smart defensive players, but uh-huh. they know where they're gonna be. And when the when they need to be there, do great jobs like funneling players into the right situations and tip schemes. But they can get bullied, and you know, Kemba's and D Rose these are what they are. They're kind of shot at this point. Um So, like, do you see a situation where Ob plays well enough to, I guess? stay on this roster long-term or do you think it's just inevitable at this point that obi's out on his way out
1: i think it's inevitable that he's on his way out i think when you look at what the knicks did right and you look at one of the things Thibodeau does is he plays two centers so when you have two centers and you have the point guard situation you have all the wings and you have julius randall i just think obi's like a 12 to 14 minute a game guy you know and I think I think it's gonna help that he's better players around him now. You know, it kind of allows him to play more of the game he played in Dayton Dayton, but I think he's stuck as like a backup. And if the Knicks do start talking trades with somebody, he's gonna be one of the names that's gonna be like pushed into that trade very quickly.
2: Yeah, I definitely see that. I think the more trade value they can doing great in summer league, that only helps his trade value too.
1: Yeah. I think so too.
0: Nah, yeah, definitely the situation with Obi and Randall is something that's gonna be brung up and brung up forever until Obi's not on the team anymore. And um definitely I think his value definitely is going to be on the uprise during this season. We saw the improvement that you know he did in summer league, uh more aggressive. We like him to be way more aggressive than what he was last year. Um during the playoffs, you know, he he definitely shined through in his little bit of minutes, but you know. Again, there's only so much minutes for this kid, man. Yeah, that's it's, the biggest it, thing. Yeah. Man, man. And, and it's crazy because, you know, almost a year ago, we, we were ready to kick out Randall and bring in this kid as the future. And it's, you know, circumstances, right? It's just the NBA. I guess that's how the NBA goes, man. That's just how the NBA goes. Um, I definitely wanted to, you know, last topic on the Knicks before we move on is uh our boy Frank. Our Frank is no longer with us no more, man. Last, last pod, we had to give our guy a farewell, you know, drafted, (laughs) drafted by Phil Jackson went through like four, three front offices, eight head coaches, (laughs) everybody, everybody, this kid seeing new faces every six months. (laughs) It's, it's, it's insane. His, uh, his journey throughout the league Um, hasn't been picked up yet, which is, you know, you know, I guess the, the, what we always thought from Frank was, um, somebody sees the talent and, you know, somebody will see the talent and they'll pick him up on the squad and he'll shine. And but I don't know. I don't know if that will even happen uh, at this point with Frank. Uh, did he even get you no, know, Nolan pointed out, uh, you know, he didn't even really play in the French uh, Olympics.
2: He was so, hurt for some of
0: that. In fact. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But still not still, bro. Still, he wasn't hurt a hundred percent. No, he was still no, able to play. No,
2: that's what I'm saying. He was, but he's been hurt his entire career. It's been half the problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's another big thing about his problem. You know, it's the one. You know, it's the groin, the ankle, the you know, it's it's always something with Frank. Frank Frank was never never able to stay healthy as well. I really um, would
2: be surprised if, um, instead of taking like a cheap salary on a team in the NBA, if Frank went back to a European league for a year or two to try to like rebrand his game and then have a comeback to
0: the nba ultimately ultimately i think that's what he's gonna do he's probably gonna do the campaign route and try to like you know build up his game because he's bro he needs to improve on his game he has not like his offense yeah and he's still young yeah he's 22 years old he still needs to improve on his game uh haynes what's your thoughts on the frank situation man what's your thoughts
1: Uh, I really do. I, I honestly thought like a team like Milwaukee or like Denver would pick him up because those teams, the thing with Frank, right, is that he needs to go to a team that can blow teams out with their top guys and allow him to get minutes, low level minutes, but like a ton of them, you know, so like he needs to be on the floor so he can get some shots in. He needs to be on the floor so he can play defense, all that stuff. He needs those minutes, right? So it's just, like, I honestly thought Milwaukee would pick them up because, um, well, I thought Milwaukee because Milwaukee needed, like, low-level lottery tickets, and they didn't have any in the draft. And I thought Denver because Denver is known for more of their um, international drafting. So they're one of those teams that will scout, like, everyone internationally first. So I thought they would pick up Frank. And they plus needed someone that just handled the ball with Jamal Murray out. Um The fact that he doesn't have a team right now is a bit concerning. I ultimately, I think he'll end up on an NBA team. I think it would be like a cheap one-year deal. I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up back in Europe. You know, he's still young enough to, he made his money. He's still young enough. He's a big, he was a big name in Europe. So I think going back overseas and playing two years and reassessing everything, I think it will be, what, twenty. 220 I think it'd be like 24 25 years old you come back you get your you get everything right and then you figure it out from there you know plus he's a free agent he can pick his team which is probably the more important thing right getting going somewhere where you can go and like just fit in and do what you need to do like someone the other day mentioned to me like the lakers should pick up frank and i thought that was like the worst option because it's like they have so many young guards who like want to get a new contract in like 12 months frank would get killed he did killed out there so it's just just like shooting yeah like i
2: mean he shot 40 percent, but it's like you know zero volume
1: yeah it was like a three a game you know so it's just like i i I think he'll get picked up by somebody, but if he goes overseas, it wouldn't shock me. And at this stage, I do kind of feel bad because it's like with Kevin Knox, Kevin Knox is just bad, right? But like Frank, he had moments and he has skills that are that when you put him on like a good team, like they help, right? Like he's a good defender. He can defend multiple positions. Um, I actually don't think he's that. I think. Over 200, 300 attempts, he can shoot well from three. I think he can handle the ball a little bit, but not enough maybe where he's running any action or anything like that. But he can do the necessary things on a good team that allows a team to take maybe a little step better. The issue is that he has to do it consistently and he can't get hurt. So it's like maybe going overseas and playing a, a modified schedule, something a little bit you know better on the knees and stuff like that will probably help him in the long run. But I certainly think Frank will come back and be an NBA player at some point. It's just you got to put stuff together, you know, get some consistent consistency going in this game.
2: Yeah, and I think the European League, like, it, it fits his style of play. And yeah. This, too. this is traditional point guard.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean – as Knicks fans, we can't, you know, we got to be hopeful for him because, you know, he was our kid. We brought him in, even though it was just an insane era with, with, with Phil Jackson and the triangle and all that. Like this kid, this kid been through some things. And okay. what's up? I
2: was going to say, speaking of, um, you mentioned uh, Kevin Knox earlier. And do you think, okay, so for whatever reason, part of me cannot let that summer league go and believes that there's still an NBA player in Kevin Knox somewhere. Mm -hmm. Do you see him as truly just not having enough talent to turn into like a a Richard Jefferson type player, or do you think he's just not even on that level?
1: Uh. Richard Jefferson is tough because Richard Jefferson was like an all-star at one point, but like my thing with my thing with these guys is that if you need to me, when you draft players and when you look at, like, when you look at who gets drafted, where their cycle has to match the team cycle. Mm-hmm. So like when the Knicks took Kevin Knox, it wasn't a great pick. There were better players on the board, but the cycles matched up, right? Like the Knicks were bad. Kevin Knox needed Kevin Knox was a young player who needed minutes, right? And they never really maximized his minutes. Like if there's one thing that the Knicks being bad all these years taught me, is that even when you're terrible, even when you're the worst team in the league, you should always sign a veteran point guard or two. Because you just need an adult there who can run the offense. And the
0: Knicks.
1: Yeah. And the Knicks would go get like the worst option of those guys. Alfred Payton. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like they would get like the worst options and let them run offense and like be poor at it. And it's like what you look at Kevin Knox, Like Kevin Knox played and then everything changed over with Tibbs and like he's not touching the floor. And it's like at this point, like I, I, I said it before, he's in his he's at the stage where he needs to get sent to like the Thunder or the Rockets and play 15 minutes a night, put up three threes a game and he has to hit and he has to keep working on it. By getting on the floor, you get to work out other little things in your game that could work. You know, the issue is is that he played all those minutes early in his career, and then, like, as the Knicks got a little bit better and then a little bit better, his minutes cut back. And like last
2: year because, I mean, you had Randall taking all the power forward minutes, then Obi backing him up, and I don't think Knox is athletic enough to play the 30 in the NBA. So, like, it was just a real tough situation for him.
1: Yeah, he's, like, kind of stuck at the moment. Like, you look at, like, this is obviously a bad example, but you look at someone like Cameron Johnson from Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's not really doing much outside of shooting the ball. He's, like, an okay defender. He right. can run some hand. He can come off of some dribble handoffs. He can do a little bit. He showed in the in the finals that he has a little bit more bounce than you would think. But, like, I don't see why Kevin Knox can't go somewhere and figure it out that way.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I love Cam Johnson. He's a former Pitt grad, so I'm a huge fan
0: of that guy. You know, one thing that really that really, you know, put a bummer to the, to me for the beginning of summer league was, you know, Knox not being able to play yeah, going inside. Co- yeah, that was like, wow, this kid can't even play in summer league now. Like, I, I don't unless he like balls out, turns into like Scottie Pippen in the, in the summer league. I don't know. I don't know how he gets time this year. Especially with like, especially in training camp, he's gonna be you know extremely, extremely uh, you know competitive, bro. Because you know they're bringing in Dwayne Bacon now. They're bringing in we all, our wings from last year, Burks and OB. and it's, it's a lot of guys, man, trying to get some minutes. You know, trying to contru- trying to tr- contribute to this team. And I just don't see a path for Knox at all. I think he. I don't know. If he doesn't get traded at the trade deadline, he probably just walks like Frank does this year and we ha- and we're having the same conversation uh that we having with Frank this year and we're going to have it with Knox next year. Uh, that's my prediction. Uh, cuz you know there's no trade value with him right now, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: So like he's good. like he's honestly like just salary at this stage.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's just like it's tough to see anyone say, "Hey, we'll take a shot on Kevin Knox" cuz it's like it's I think he makes high. like s- yeah it's like he takes like six million a year like if you want to go take a shot on somebody you can go find some international dude you can pay two years six million for and figure it out you know so he's kind of stuck for at least a year
0: definitely um switching over you know talking about draft picks um let's talk about the draft this year you know this draft was highly anticipated considered one of the more deeper drafts in um past years you know, we had K uh, going number one. You know, we had Jalen Green going number two to so the Rockets. You know, the Cavs decided to pick up another big man and Mobley to pair with uh Jared Allen. He got a monster contract at a hundred million dollars. You yeah, know, I know Mitch is looking at that too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. come on, yeah. So I I, I, I
2: think Mitch is better than Jared Allen, but he just hasn't been healthy long and shown it long enough.
0: No, I, I completely agree with that too. Uh, uh, the magic, they you know they decided to you know you know Jalen Snugs Pat uh, dropped down to them, which is you know not my favorite pick in the draft, but you know they were able to pick him up. The draft, you know, Thunder were able to pick up Giddy, Warriors were able to pick up two of our favorite wings. You know, me and Nolan, <laughs> we love these guys. You know, Pete I we were
2: trading up for Moody the entire
0: draft. yeah yeah he was saying that like no let him know man.
2: Oh, dude, Just literally the entire time when everyone was falling, like Book Night was still there. It's Like from from like ten down, I was just like, "This is it." They still have both their picks. They're gonna finally do it. And just a roller coaster, man. They traded picks. I was, I was, I was. I thought, I, was,
1: so, I thought actually. so too. I was thinking like, "Oh, they're really gonna, they're really gonna trade up now. Now they're gonna, cause they really wanted like, they really wanted um Murphy from Virginia." Yeah, that's okay. the guy that, like, I heard that, like, they were, that's their guy. Like, he went and did a workout, I want to say a couple of days before the draft and, like, shut it down. And, like, he just didn't get there. He literally, was, I think he was, like, I think he got picked, like, 17 or 18.
0: Now I'm looking at it right now. He got picked at 17. Uh The Pelicans, you know, from that trade, you know how the Pelicans and Grizzlies yeah. traded? Yep. So they were able to get their guy. And get off of Bledsoe's contract and, and Steven Adams' contract. So
1: yeah, but like Trey, like uh, Trey Murphy, like from everything I've heard, like he was like the talk of like the draft workouts and everything like that, and like the Knicks loved him, and they just couldn't get him.
0: I can do not love him. He's six nine. He shoots the ball. He could put it on the floor a little bit. You don't want to meet him at the rim. Like I saw, see, I seen multiple uh, clips of him like dunking on guys. Like you know, he's athletic. Um, yeah definitely a guy who could fit next to um ingram and you know zion shoot that three defend definitely a good draft pick for them but what was your you know what was your thoughts on the draft you know because the spurs they picked primo at 12 uh which is i don't know uh who had an off year at uh stanford went up to 10 i guess the grizzlies like his tools um what what were your thoughts on this draft man surprises Uh disappointments
1: um, I thought it was, int- I thought the draft was good. You know, I think a lot of the players went in the positions that they needed to go to just looking at it. You know, when I first, when we first looked at everything, I think everyone, like, I think a lot of players needed, got to the right places. Like Chris Duarte in Indiana is like a perfect fit, right? Cause they kind of needed a veteran wing like that. And like, even though he's like 24, he can come in right away and contribute. I thought Moody and Kaminga going to Golden State was a good look. I honestly thought that Toronto should have taken Suggs. Oh, here we over go. Over too.
2: This, uh, this dude.
1: Uh. <laughs> 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 only because only because you look at how the rest of their offseason played out and like everything would have made sense if you just swap Suggs for Barnes, right? Like you got uh the center in the trade for, for Lowry, they bring back Trent. Like now they, they kind of feel like they need their one like creator short. But, like, I think Barnes is going to be fine, you know, so he'll be fine. I thought, you know, the the one thing I didn't like about the draft was that Jaden Springer, like, fell to, like, 28. And, like, I thought that was someone who I'm not quite sure what the NBA was missing out on him because he's the youngest player in the draft. He had elite defense at Tennessee, and he shot well from three, and he's 6'4". So, like, when... I was looking at stuff for the Knicks. I was like, this is the guy I want the Knicks to get, right? Because that to boy, me, because yeah. to me it was like this guy looks like if you squint, he looks a little bit like Kyle Lowry, right? And it's that. just like and it's just like if you get him the proper reps and the proper ability and, and he plays defense. Like that's something that Tibbs wants. Like he can get on the floor right away and play really well. So I was just a bit confused as to how he fell so low. But there are other guys, like, you know, Bones Highland to Denver is a really good move because they need backcourt players so badly, you know. And I overall think, I think Atlanta might have, you know, I know we're in, I know Nick fans are beefing with Atlanta fans, but I thought <laughs> Atlanta for, <laughs> I thought for where they were picking, like they came out away with like two really good players. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, and it's like, like I was critical of the Knicks draft because I think, If the Knicks would have took some high upside guys like Jalen Johnson, Jaden Springer and Sharif Cooper would have been an excellent draft for the Knicks. But like the Knicks didn't need those guys when you consider what they did. But I think the Hawks were a team that's probably going to have to consolidate in the near future anyway to get those two guys. Like it wouldn't shock me if you told me Sharif Cooper was like a good piece in a trade like a, a year from now. Just so the Hawks could kind of like figure out what they're doing. Like he's that good to me, so I think he got locked up by Deuce McBride though. But like, yeah, he can attack the basket. He, he's a good, he's a good passer. So like those type of point guards are good. But overall, I think the biggest thing is that there weren't too many players that like went out of order. Like Giddy and Oklahoma City's weird to me, but like you think about what teams who want to take shots on players do they kind of take the bigger players who have the ability to pass so like you put him in oklahoma city he can pass he can be uh, a secondary creator alongside uh sga it can work you That's know so yeah so it's just like i'm curious to see how everyone else handles but overall i think everyone there's no team that draft sticks out to me as like very poor
0: yeah, every team had somewhat of a solid draft. I think that um, you know, the team for me that had the best draft, hands down, was the Rockets. You know, they were able to get Jalen Green and Josh Christopher, two guys from LA who pretty much ran the LA high school circuit, and um, two they had two athletic uh guys in the backcourt, and um, I, and Singu, the the nineteen-year-old Turkish MVP who has been. Looked like a, like a man on a mission during summer league. Uh, shown that he could shoot the ball a little bit. Um, Post game is elite. Um, moved his feet way better than he did, you know, when I was scouting him, you know, watching his Turkish clips. Uh, way better at moving his feet than I thought he would be. Um, definitely I could see him being a starter caliber uh center in the league. Reminds me a little bit. I know it's a little bit of a lazy comparison, but I really do think he could be a better version of Valanciunas if he could get into the uh the gym. Definitely. I I could definitely see that.
1: Yeah, I like I like that because the I know some people didn't like the Rockets draft from the standpoint of how do you play all those guys together. Oh, yeah. Like I do think that was a bit of a concern, but it's like you look at Jalen Green you put green and porter jr together josh christopher seems like someone who's just going to get buckets for the next decade my god but like the Gar- Gar- garuba seems like uh a... i don't want to say he's Serge a bucket that seems like a lazy comp but he seems like someone who can be a really good defender right away and like someone who can screen and roll and if you can get him to shoot a little bit he's interesting and Sengun looks like you know everything a lot of people were saying before the draft. Some people had him like as a top five guy. Some people had him as the number one guy. Um, I think Kevin Pelton was really high on him, you know, and I think those type of guys in this scenario, those are the kind of guys that kind of speed up these rebuilds a little bit faster. So I'm curious to see how Houston takes care of them. And I certainly think the quantity they have is pretty good. And they got a bunch of guys who can play right away. So, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of traded Christian Wood to get back another asset or so for the future, while letting all these young guys play being bad and trying to run it back and get a top five pick again next year.
2: Yeah, I mean, Wood's on a steal of the contract.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now that, that wood contract is yeah. amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, shout out to um the Rockets' new front office, you know, Raphael Stone. Uh, you know, they bring on a whole new staff in there to help draft. Um, I heard that they're more analytical than they were with Daryl Morey. So, you know, they're really into the numbers and um you could see because you know singun for for months before the draft on twitter he was like it was like i could say he was an analytical darling to to everybody who who thought they knew something about the draft uh, everybody loves Singoon, um you know to talk about the magic's draft pick um you know snugs uh you know the reason why i didn't want the raptors to pick up snugs is because i I don't like small backcourts, uh, Haynes. I I said this before. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought, you know, moving forward with Van Fleet and Snugs, I don't think that's – I know the the NBA is going more positional basketball, but I I don't know. I think that's a little bit of a recipe for disaster. Um, Once we saw uh, Lowry and Van Fleet play that more, more, because remember Van Fleet was coming off the bench during their finals Mm -hmm. run, It it was a little bit more problematic, and they wasn't as good as a team as they were before um no knock to van fleet but you just need a certain guy to play next to him to me yeah. to me yeah, because the limitations with him physically i thought josh uh scotty Barnes was you know the the perfect pick for them uh reminds me a little bit of uh draymond green a more athletic Draymond okay. green um move his feet uh his vision is great i heard that um you know nba teams they were leery about him because you know it i remember one nba team said uh they let him shoot like it was like a three point contest and it was like 100 shots and he only made 33 of them unguarded Ooh. as an NBA player. You know, That's I don't know Florida if you, State
2: players
0: do. I don't know if you've ever seen like NBA players just shoot around. They don't miss. I don't if it's you Shaquille. O'Neal. From
2: Mitch every summer. Yeah,
0: bro. They, <laughs> they don't miss. And for him to miss, you know, to shoot that poorly and in a workout where nobody is guarding you and you're supposed to be a top five pick. When I heard that, I was like, man, <laughs> I, I hope this doesn't – I hope it's not a big hole.
2: My biggest concern with that pick is do you – I asked you this, Samza, but and do you think that him and Siakam can play together on the floor at the same time? Uh,
1: I honestly think a factor in that is actually OG and Anobi. Like, I think you can yeah. play those two together because I feel like Siakam one of the things with Siakam is like you can do dribble handoffs, you can get him, you can get him on the middle of the floor and he can be effective. He can he's known for that spin move, but like he can shoot a little bit from three, he can dribble drive and attack the basket. Um I think the like the balancing scale there is gonna be OG and what OG can do essentially, because if you put OG, if you put OG at the three, Barnes at the four, and Siakam at the five in certain lineups defensively, it's all there. Offensively, you kind of hope that OG kind of takes a step forward as a creator. And he did a little bit of that last season. He had a couple of little, you know, uh, coming off the pick and roll, shoot the three, a little bit of that last season, nothing too crazy. You kind of hope he continues to develop that as a player. Um, so, like, the Barnes-Siakam thing, I think it can work, but balance is going to be the ultimate key for that those lineups. That
0: makes sense to me. Um, You know, Cade with the first pick, I thought he was uh, the best guy in this draft, Um, a true leader, ball mover, uh, excellent in the pick and roll, can shoot the three, uh, pretty much everything you want in uh, your star player, your number one draft pick. Um, Him and Killian, I think, is going to be an interesting pairing, you know, because Killian, he's more of a pure point. Um, definitely, uh, definitely brings it on the defensive end. That's something that watching him, I'm like, okay, this kid, you know, he takes pride in defending. Um, coming out of uh, coming out of uh, the European League, you know, he was supposed to be uh this big guy who's supposed to change the Pistons franchise. Um, it seems like Pistons Twitter has just you know completely shifted their their uh their craze to K <laughs> completely. They forget they forgot about Killian. In my opinion, I think Killian has. Uh, a promising future ahead of him um what you thought about you know Cade so far you know in the summer league and his summer league play
1: summer league I, I didn't like it only because i felt like he was playing mostly off the ball yeah and it's like put him on the ball let him create everything let him do everything you know he's he's that talented to do so so in summer league i felt like they were trying to do a little bit They were trying to be a little bit too cute. But, like, overall, I think think that's the most interesting thing about the Pistons, right, is that Killian, before he got hurt, was this guy who was, like, really good at attacking the basket. You know, his shooting was a question mark, but it was, like, it was something that looked fixable. If you get both those guys working, like, those guys are like, correct me if I'm wrong, Killian Hayes is like 6'5, too. Yeah. Like, so you're gonna have t- two big guards who can both attack the basket. Kate'll be the shooter of the group, but he's shown this past year that he's really good shooting or he's improved at it. Like, man, that's like that's like a tough duo to stop. And it's like you don't have to worry about the offensive responsibilities of handling the ball because both of them could do it. You can get both, you know, you can get both of them. In pick and rolls like That's why I think the Kelly Olynyk move they made In free agency was big Because they just need a guy Who can catch the ball on the wing and shoot So like, you're going to see a lot of Cade pick and roll Attack the basket Hit Sadiq Bey in the corner Or hit Kelly Olynyk in the corner And like I think those I think, I think when you have those two guys If they can hit their potential We're talking about one of the best backcourts in the east So
2: it'll be fun to
1: see this year How they figure it out
2: I think they both really play well enough, like you said, about um,
1: Cade specifically. Mm-hmm. Like he's such a good shooter that
2: I think they both can play off the ball well enough and while sharing ball handling responsibilities, that's really going to be, like, a good combination and a good fit for that backcourt as well.
1: Uh, it's definitely- yeah, like yeah, – my bad. I was going to say, yeah, like, if you think about how, like – like Van Fleet and Lowry probably isn't the best combination or best comparison. Cause Van Fleet could shoot, but like you look at how their skill sets and how their weaknesses and their strengths, like kind of connect with each other. Like that's what I think Cade and Killian could be in, in time. And, and I really do think that this is going to be a huge year for Killian because Cade is a guy. So you have to make sure it works ne- alongside him. And I think Cade is both good enough, smart enough, and he's, I'm trying to figure out the word here, he's willing enough to kind of give Killian his opportunities handling the ball. So he'll have every chance to, to play well, just as much as Killian, you know, Cade, Killian will allow Cade to do the same.
0: And, and, and the reason why I think it will work is because, like you said, they're cut from the same cloth. I think, you know, they're, they're both want to see each other do well. They're both about the team. They're both, you know, ball movers. They're, you know, they're, they're team players. It's not like, you know, I, I want to score 28. And, you know, if I don't get my 20, they're not like that. Either of them. They want, they, want, they want to stack wins and they want to develop. Um, I definitely I definitely agree with you, Haynes. Um, another guy who's been balling out, and uh, another draft pick who's been balling out this summer league. Uh, you know, Jalen Snugs uh, with the Orlando Magic squad out there, uh, putting up monster numbers. Uh, few uh defensive highlights. You know, winning the games with blocks. You know, showing what he could do. Nothing he hasn't done in Gonzaga. The only knock from him at to me for him as a prospect is, you know, he's already so good. How good can he get? Like, what's the next level for Jalen Snugs? Like I, I I don't know because um I see him as a great uh floor general, a great leader, Chauncey Billups type of guy. But um for the fifth pick in the draft, in this deep of a draft, um I would have loved for them to pick, you know, Kuminga, somebody who's I don't know, somebody who's more prone to to be able to take over a game long term physically. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just feel like Jalen Snugs, his potential is a little bit limited, you know, compared to the other guys, in my opinion. Uh, what was your thoughts on Jalen Snuggs' uh, performance uh, during the summer league?
1: I thought it was everything Orlando needed, right? Because I feel like if you look at what the when you like I said before, when you have a team that's bad, like you really do need a point guard. Mm. And like I think the one thing that we look at with Orlando is they have so many guards, but the one thing about it is like they don't have a point guard per se. That's what. Um, so I think with Suggs, at, at the very least, is that you can say all these guards can play with each other. You're not going to win anyway, so you need to figure out who can play with who. Suggs is the point guard. We'll figure everything else from there, right? And, like, that's why I think Markel Fultz's return is going to be interesting for them because he's the one guy that can play with uh, both Anthony and Suggs. You kind of want Anthony to play with RJ Hampton more because – Anthony can shoot he's not really that good of a point guard but he can handle the ball where Hampton can kind of play he can actually play two three because of his size but like you kind of want him playing off where there's space so I think the thing with Suggs is that he gives you a starting point guard I think his upside is that of like it wouldn't shock me if he was like Mike Conley right and where he's like a perfectly fine point guard he's better than an average point guard he's probably not a upper tier level point guard and that comes with its own concerns especially when we get into like year 2 or year 3 or year 4 when we have to start considering like oh well we're going to have to pay him but like right now like he's perfectly fine and i think the biggest thing to improve his game is can he become a better defender you know can he start defending smaller wings as well. Cause if he can do that with more consistency, then you're looking at someone who could be like a, a two-way player that you can kind of build the next good Orlando magic team around.
0: Uh, Nolan, what's your thoughts on Snugs' play in the summer?
2: Uh, yeah, pretty much everything you guys said. I think he looked like a point guard which is regardless of how many guards they already have is still something they need to figure out. I don't think they have the guy yet. And I think Suggs answers that for them. Um, I think Conley is a really good comp. I think, though, that he's gonna have. I think as he develops, he'll be able to attack the basket a little bit better than Conley. I think he'll be able to get to the rim a little mm-hmm. easier. So I don't. I don't want to say. Um, I don't want to say like a. D Wade or uh, or anything like that type of combo guard, but like I think he has some, some 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 build to him that's only going to get more so as he develops. That'll hopefully raise his ceiling to a little higher level and really make him a special player for Orlando.
1: I like that. I like sure. I like that that thinking there of what he can do better because. I've certainly had a little bit of question about him getting to the rim, but he is kind of like bigger than like like he's six four closer. Like you know how there's some guys where it's like he's six foot, but he's really five ten. Like he's six four, looking six five. Like he looks bigger. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, it's like he could he can he can be something more with the at the rim for sure.
2: Yeah. I was, the comparison I was thinking of is a deep way. is what I said last podcast was Murray from uh, Denver. I think. Mm-hmm. They, like Similar like that I think he'll be able to attack The rim at that level and that'll make him that'll, that'll be If he reaches his ceiling That'll that'll be key
1: And that's the thing about Jamal Murray funny you mentioned That because I was looking up because I wrote A piece about Emmanuel Quigley a couple of Days ago and I went back and Looked at just Jamal Murray's stats just Because I feel like those two guys are similar mm-hmm. And like Jamal Murray Is like essentially Automatic at the rim like he yeah. Shot like before he got hurt he shot 81 percent at the rim so like anytime he gets to the rim it's like he's he's automatic it's insane so like if he becomes a murray type scorer at the rim we're talking about maybe like a top 30 guy in the league which would be fun we we need more guys on different teams
2: oh absolutely
0: definitely uh another group of guys before we talk about free agency um jalen johnson and sharif cooper i know we're beefing with uh the atlanta fan base you know hawk hawks hawks fan tv You know, hawk's corner like all the all the stuff is popping up now which is you know which is good for the game i, I love it this is one of my favorite things you know uh, about the game uh the rivalry it's it's good to see nicks basketball in full effect definitely um but you know Jalen johnson and sharif cooper man um you know Jalen johnson coming out of duke um i I would never forgive you i I would say this every podcast we gotta bring this guy up man I, i would never forgive you for um you know giving up on the team like that but it is what it is Um, you know showed out in summer league like held like you know showed out showed out in summer league very impressed on what he did in vegas and uh sharif cooper showed you know why People thought, you know, he was a lottery pick, first-round pick. Um, for the love of me, I would never understand how he fell all the way to 48. I, I would never understand that, ever. I, 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 like, Just off of talent alone, mm-hmm. he should have been a first-round pick. Somebody should have took a fire on him with, with a first-round pick. And for him to fall all the way for 48, it, it's insane, man. It's insane. What, what's your thoughts on that, uh, Haynes?
1: Um, I saw Jalen Johnson balled out. You know, I think the big thing that intrigued me more was, like, he looks more like a big three rather than a four, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, as you develop his game, you can kind of see him stretch a little bit and play some defense on the perimeter as well as play a little bit inside. So, for in terms of, like, Atlanta's team building, that's going to be huge if they can get him some minutes at the three. But, like, Sharif Cooper's like the steal of the draft, you know? And it's like, that's a guy whose skill set, even if he's a backup right now, like that's someone who can get to the basket if he if he shoots if he merely shoots well from 3. League like we're talking about yeah, like we're talking about someone who's going to go into free agency in 2 years and probably get like 12, 13, 14 million dollars a year. You know, like he he's in a rare spot where it's like this guy is really good. He probably shouldn't have made it to the second round and he's going to sign a cheapish deal that'll allow somebody to take advantage there. So, I think the Hawks, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him because the Hawks are like a weird team because they have like 15 players who can play right now. But if he gets on the floor, like, you know, I think he's going to be someone that can contribute right away. And I think he's a, I would, in my mind, the Hawks need to consolidate some of their players. I consider him on the level of like a late first round pick, where if you're putting him in a trade, like, that's a, that's an actual real asset. So, Yeah, yeah.
2: See, I'm going to have to disagree with you both a little bit on this. Just, I like Cooper. I think he's a great passer, and Mm -hmm. he shot in summer league a lot better than I thought he would. But I think there's a reason he fell as far as he did in the draft, and that reason is his size. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And while he's been able to, like I said, shoot better in summer league, and, you know, attack the rim a little bit better in summer league. I don't know how well all of that is going to translate when he's playing against actual NBA vets. I don't know if he has the body type. Like, I think his ceiling is more of like Ish Smith type player, which at that, at that level in the draft is, is a steal. But mm-hmm. – um i just i don't see the full game coming together for him just mainly because i don't have faith in his ability to get to the rim and and his ability to develop a consistent three
1: okay i mean i certainly i certainly understand that plus you consider the fact that because he's small he'll always have issues with defense right like he'll always be one of the worst defenders on the floor that's like the issue with trey like trey Young is just so small. Like, it's, it's tough I, for him to be. Yeah, you almost kind of have to just, like, put him somewhere and put him on a body. But, it, I mean, Ish not bad. Uh, that's a, that's a compare. I never, I didn't hear that comparison before. I, it makes sense, you know. But, like you said, like, that's somebody who, for the 48th pick, if he's sticking around for seven, eight years and he's doing Ish Smith like things, I think that's oh, yeah. a win. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I can see that. You know, I think that's certainly something there for uh, Sharif Cooper.
0: Man, the rich just get richer, man. the Rich <laughs> just get richer. But um, talking about, you know, other rivals in the East who, you know, probably improved. Um, you know, the Bulls, you know, they opened up their checkbook, signing DeRozan, signing Alex Caruso, signing Alonzo Ball. you know, coveted guys. Um, I think, you know, I, personally, I, I, I do think DeMar and Zach Levine, they can make it work. Um, I just don't think they have the coach to make it work. I don't think um, Billy Donovan is that guy uh, too many hiccups in his career. I, I, I don't think he's able to figure out that group together. Um, probably going to have to take another year, bringing another guy in, in my opinion, but it, it can work. We saw it work with the thunder his last year there. He is probably one of his uh, more impressive jobs, but I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of confidence in him, but on paper, and, you know, the limitations that they had when the guys that they um brung in, I thought they did as best as they can bring in talent around uh, Vucevic and uh, Levine. You know, they won't have any draft picks uh, because of the Vucevic trade, but um, for what they can do, I thought, you know, they did what they could. I think Zach Levine is going to have to give this team a run like for a year or two um, to get the full value because, you know, Alonzo Balls is only getting better we, I can't think that we've seen the best of Zach Levine. I know uh DeRozan, he's up there in age, but I still think he could be um a third option on a successful team. Um, what's your thoughts on the Bulls' moves, man?
1: I don't think the Bulls are better than the Knicks, but I do think they improved. I guess my one thing is that what happens is that we talk about it's a it's an interesting way of dissecting how people talk about defense because i do think that's the biggest issue with this team i think the bulls are going to be able to score a bunch of points right but i think the defense conversation is a weird one because on one hand like zach levine's not a good defender i think um vucevic is actually like a bit of an underrated defender um maybe not like the best big defender um he's probably not great at stopping people at the rim but like Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso and Patrick Williams are good, like team defenders, right? So when we discuss defense, I think a lot of people discuss the defense in the standpoint of individual defense. Like, how can you stop a man one-on-one where it's like, no, you really have to look at it from the standpoint of what does this guy do defensively in a system? And it's like, when you look at Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball, Patrick Williams- I really think the big thing there is that those guys can kind of defend multiple positions on the perimeter, and they're smart enough to know how to, like, funnel defensively, right? So they can kind of lead guys into bad shots or lead them away from the rim. Mm. So I don't think the Bulls will be as bad defensively as other people think, but I do think they'll be, like, a below-average defense. But their offense is probably going to be, like, top five in the league because Lonzo's not a point guard, but DeMar DeRozan's, like, a really good creator. So, like, they'll be able to keep shooting and um, creation on the floor at all times. But I, I just thought the one thing that came away from their offseason to me was that the conversation about defense is interesting and in how we discuss it, how we dissect it, right? Because it's just... There are different ways to look at it. And I thought everyone kind of chose the individual way rather than the team defense way. I do agree about Billy Donovan, too, though. He is a fraud. So, yes, sir. <laughs> hey.
2: um, yeah. My initial take on the Bulls was similar to yours about the defense, but actually, what you said about Caruso and Pat Williams is kind of swayed me a little bit on that. Just um, having those rotational players that you can kind of plug in is going to be a uh, a big gap as a, or a big uh, improvement for them. I think Alonzo is a solid defender, and I think the, Zach Levine had a great year last year. Like I don't think people recognize how good of a year he had, and that if he takes even like a slight step next year, that yeah, this offense is going to be really really scary. But as far as the fit, like, I don't know. I don't think DeRozan is a plus defender at this point in his mm-hmm. career. I don't think that, like, I don't think Vucevic, like you said, can protect the rim at all. And I just, you had they were, they were handicapped in the fact that they had to make as many moves to convince Levine to want to stay as possible. But part of me sees a situation where they have a disaster season and it ends up with Levine demanding a trade out.
0: The thing is, if you're Levine, you can't be mad. It's like they're trying to get better, though. Like, you know what I mean? But like, they're bringing in. You can't, be mad,
2: you can't be mad now.
0: Yeah, if yeah, now. And they
2: have a bad year. Yeah. Then you're like, we're stuck this way for the next three, four years.
0: Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. You got to see how they play on the court. That's why I. I don't know if they get it right the first time because of the coaching nah, staff. I, I, I take really, a year yeah, and that's the thing. And I don't know if Zach Levine will have patience for that. Who knows? But yeah. um,
1: but, one thing. That- before we move on to Bulls, I just wanted to say one thing, two things actually. One, I do think they kind of locked gridlocked themselves by giving up all these first round picks. Like mm-hmm. first round pick for DeRozan, two picks for Vucevic. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a fan. And the 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 thing that they should have done, and it's it's hindsight, but they needed to be more, they needed to be a ben Simmons player somehow that's who that's who needed to get Ben Simmons because if you could have kind of combined Levine with Simmons and Vucevic now you're kind of getting like an elite level defender amongst two really good offensive players and like Ben Simmons just wants to be the point guard like he just wants to create when you have two offensive guys like Levine and Vucevic who can also shoot it like you can kind of hide Ben Simmons like the biggest issue with Philly now is that they just don't have the ball handling and the creation to kind of get away from Simmons but when you have those two guys I think they could have figured it out so I think it's interesting that Chicago went this direction with Lonzo but I think Ben Simmons would have been that guy. I'm kind of – and as far as Levine goes, I'm kind of interested to see what he does, right? Because in today's NBA, cap space doesn't, like, mean anything. Yeah, so, like, you can go and sign and trade for somebody. So if Zach Levine decides tomorrow, like, I really want to go play in Portland or wherever, sign and trade, it don't even matter anymore. So his free age, like, he, he might want to test the market. Just to see what everything else looks like now. Because you look at all these other players, they're hitting their re-signing deals and everything like that. Like it's really him and Bradley Deal. That's the only two big free agents that we're looking at next summer. So I think even if the even if the Bulls somehow finish in a, a non play in spot, I think if you're thing, you gotta test the market. So Yeah, I agree. No, I I, think, I,
2: um I think one team. You mentioned Ben Simmons that would be a good trade. What I think, what I think Philly's doing, because living in PA, I have a lot of Sixers friends. Is just that they're sitting on their hands, waiting for Dame to become available, and mm-hmm. I think that is a great fit for both teams. I just don't know if Portland's going to do it. I I really think it solves a lot of Portland's issues defensively. I think it helps them space the floor. They have a lot of shooters you can dish it out to. And Dame's like the perfect solution for Philly in that they have like, you know, a win now player that fits and beats timeline. Um, but that's a move I'm expecting to see. I wouldn't be surprised to see by the deadline
0: definitely definitely got to see how the bulls play this out man definitely gonna be interesting to see um another eastern conference rival i wanted to talk about was the heat you know the heat with the winner of the kyle lowry sweepstakes signing him to a three-year 90 million dollar deal which is a lot of money you know he's getting up there in age um uh, they're also able to retool and get a little tougher on the wings you know they got you know a brother and uh they got pj tucker but, you know, just won a championship with the Bucks, And we saw, you know, his defensive efforts, you know, how that helped the championship team. Uh, and we also saw them commit uh, to Duncan Robinson, giving him a huge deal, um, sniper for them, uh, giving up, you know, and also, you know, they, they gave up Gordon Dragic and uh, none um, pieces of their team that were, you know, critical for them and their finals run. Um, oh, Haynes, what you think about this retooled uh, Miami Heat team? Are they better than the Knicks? Do you see them, you know, Maybe get, getting another finals run. What's your thought on the new look? Heat,
1: um, I, I don't know if they're better than the Knicks yet. I do think that they're kind of in the middle. Um, if we would like to tear out the Eastern Conference, I kind of feel like they're in their own tier just because I do think that Kyle Lowry helps them. I think that between Lowry, Bam, and Butler, those are just guys who can kind of find their own way offensively they don't really need much help um i guess my biggest concern is how the secondary guys operate like we know duncan robinson will shoot and he'll be a valuable player off of anyone's action or anyone off screen but it's just like i'm curious to see what they do with like backup point guard i'm curious to see what they do with like backup center like they're kind of a team like pj tucker's going to help them but also pj tucker like you know kind of is kind of up there now you know so it's just like i'm curious to see what their depth looks like they kind of have a strong top three but i want to see what everything else kind of breaks down into i I don't think they'll make the finals per se but like if you're the bucks i don't think you want to play them again you know and if you're one of these teams like i think they could play well against say philly yeah yeah but i don't think they could be like a brooklyn which is probably the issue.
2: No, I don't, think they, I don't think they're better than Brooklyn, and I think they're right there with Milwaukee. So, the best, the best third, I think, in the East. I've
0: mm-hmm. been, I've been hearing a lot of um talk of like, um, how much is Kyle Lowry an upgrade over Gordon Dragic? You know, because Gordon Dragic. Big upgrade. i when Gordon Dragic. I've heard chirp. I've I've heard room I've heard the stuff. Like you know, because Gordon Dragic. You know, when he's on and and he's, when he's healthy, he's been amazing like during that finals run the ifrins conference semis uh he mm. said conference bro he was man i i didn't know what I, that, that wasn't gordon drogich on the screen and but he was playing amazing. with
2: when he's healthy yeah
0: yes exactly exactly <laughs> exactly i mean what else could we go off of right i All mean right. right and um i've I've heard that argument um it definitely popped up in my head when i saw them sign and i saw the sign in trade like how much of a upgrade? Because when Gord, when you know when well, we're gonna let corner,
2: him walk, if not.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, and they did bless him with that contract after the finals run, remember? So mm-hmm. yeah, so it, it is what it is with them. I think I definitely think, um, in my opinion, I thought they were always better than us, even <laughs> last year. I didn't want to see them in the playoffs. I I, I always thought if it Same. came down to it, they, they were always better than us. I
2: think we we're closer this year than last year, but i thought they were a lot better than us last
0: year yeah yeah i definitely um saw that too um definitely gonna be interesting to see you know they also could they also gave uh jimmy butler an extension you know and jimmy butler's getting up there in age and you know caps get you know cap space isn't really a thing and it seems like miami could do whatever they want every off season <laughs> like how, <laughs> how many times have they cleared their books bro
1: yeah, it's insane. It's and- insane.
2: Before they got Jimmy Butler, I was like, there's no way that this team's going to do anything. Like, their first round draft picks are probably the most valuable assets in the NBA for the next three years. The next thing you know, Jimmy Butler's there and they're in the Eastern Conference finals. It makes no sense.
0: It's crazy. That's why I have so much faith in this uh, front offense because they actually have a brain. And if uh, yeah. we were ever in, in a situation, yeah. I trust them to get out of it. Plus, we have assets now so we can burn um a first round pick say like uh say like noel it's like can't play no more and we got to dump his contract like you know burning your first round pick or whatever it's, it's not gonna hurt us as bad as it did in you know before which is yeah great which is great yeah. um definitely want to get into the lakers man because the lakers they definitely have one of the biggest moves in the offseason uh bringing in westbrook you know yeah. Pretty much dismantling their team, you know. Kuzma, we got to see how Kuzma is gonna play with the war with the Wizards. You know, there's definitely guys who think uh, Kuzma is gonna be a, a All NBA guy. I don't know, Haynes, if you follow. Uh, this guy low uh, low and uh agent and all of them and he was saying like how uh kuzma was gonna be uh, a all nba guy
1: because
0: <laughs> randall did he was like man if randall do it you never i'm like bro i guarantee kuzma will never make an all nba team bro i guarantee that bro come on come on randall's a different story but kuzma yeah. kuzma man we'll
2: again if you would have said that about Randall last offseason, you probably would have said the same exact thing.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty confident in this one. Oh, I'm, me, I'm, uh, com- I'm very confident, yeah. too. What happened with Randall, I'll turn
2: around that late. It's like one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in basketball. And I pray to the God I don't believe in that it's like here to stay. But that is- yeah, that is, that is not the norm.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, they, they also got rid of KCP, who was a, a good contributor for them in the bubble run. But, you yeah. know, they, they were also, you know, they replaced them. Malik Monk. um They brought back Howard. Ellington. We know what Ellington can bring when he's on fire. Uh, Ariza's getting up there in age. I don't know how much he's going to bring to that team. And uh, Kendrick Nunn, you know, a guy who could come off the bench, still young. I thought the Knicks could pick him up um definitely a starter he can be a starter he could come off the bench expect 14 to 16 points out of him um uh, what's your thoughts on the lakers man Uh, you know are they in route to make another championship run or is this a fail like what's your thoughts
1: it's weird right because on one hand you don't want to count out lebron and ad Mm -hmm. and i think and Westbrook even though i don't think Westbrook is that good anymore like his overall contributions his numbers are better than his his overall impact right but Same. i i think the biggest thing about the lakers is that you is that you can now look at the lakers and you can kind of allow Westbrook to be Westbrook while Uh, LeBron is like on the bench or while LeBron is out right like LeBron wants to play every game I get that part but this is probably the best team for him in terms of like hey we want you to rest You know, we want you to kind of be ready for the playoffs same for Anthony Davis Like the thing with Anthony Davis that holds him back is that Anytime you have Anthony Davis on your team, there's like a 40% chance He's just going to be out with like an injury after the second quarter and he'll come back the next game But like he gets nicked up way too much Mm-hmm. The thing for me with the Lakers is that you want to kind of get is many of these players active and moving around and seeing which ones can contribute properly off of LeBron. And then once you do that, you can kind of uh, figure out a rotation. Like Malik Monk to me is probably the biggest winner of all this because he'll go to the Lakers. He'll average 13 points a night come off the bench, shoot some threes, play a little bit defense, and you're good, right? But, like, the other guys is, it'll be interesting, like, Kendrick Nunn, how he fit, Dwight Howard, we kind of have an idea, you know, so there's, like, plenty, there's, like, some interesting, like, Carmelo, they got Trevor Ariza, like, they got a lot of guys who it's just, like, on one hand, these guys should be playing like 15 minutes a night. On the other hand, these other guys should be playing a lot more minutes. So in a weird way, it kind of all goes together. I'm just curious to see if Frank Vogel can actually put it together.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, Their ceiling, man, I, I don't know, because hopefully Le- LeBron is able to be the leader and able to, you know, hold in Westbrook because we've seen as much as, you know, Westbrook has won games. We, we've seen many times Westbrook has lost them games um you know sometimes you know Westbrook could be a little bit boneheaded with the ball and only wants to attack and you know in certain cases with the Lakers in pivotal moments you know that can be a thing that could definitely be a thing
2: LeBron's not gonna have that
0: (laughs) not for sure Nolan what's your thoughts uh
2: I I think I think the Lakers if you know if they stay healthy it's them Brooklyn and everyone else um Like I said last spot a little bit, I kind of see that Westbrook will handle some of the point responsibilities, but I still think LeBron handles a lot of that. I think Westbrook, not to make a lazy comparison of back when he was with the Heat, but like it plays like a Dwayne Wade role where Anthony Davis plays like a Chris Bosch role. And they have enough veterans that don't need a ton of minutes to stay in like game shape that can just you know hop in and contribute whenever called upon so i mean yeah i mean it comes down to health but i think they're have more talent on the roster than any team in recent memory if you would have told me this roster in 2013 i never would have believed it (laughs) so (laughs) we'll see how that goes but i Barring injury, I I don't see anyone in the West beating them
0: for sure. Definitely got to see how that works out, man. The West, the West is definitely looking good. Um, even though you know, cause we let's talk about it because uh, Kawhi, you know, Kawhi definitely got his extension. Um, decided to commit to the Clippers. Um, Paul George had an amazing uh, postseason. You know, me and Nolan were rooting for the Clippers all, all the way, man. But we, we definitely picked them to win the chip. And, you know, Kawhi's injury definitely uh, hindered that. Um, looks like it's going to be a little bit of an off year for them. More like what the Nets had uh, the past year with um, with all their guys, star guys being out. Um, how do you feel like the Clippers season is going to go, you know, Haynes, because without Kawhi there – There's a pretty hard ceiling, you know, in the regular season, seeding, and and even if they make the playoffs, we we don't know yet.
1: I think the Clippers are going to be – it's tough because on one hand, I kind of want to say they'll be in the play-in just because I don't think they're going to overextend themselves if they can't really get to, like, the top six seeds, Right. You know, I think Paul George is good, but after that, it's like a bunch of role players. Like, the hope is that Terrence Mann takes a huge step up, but you know, we don't, we can't foresee that right now, right? Um, on the other hand, it's like the Western Conference is so whatever, plus the top three. Like, once you get past Utah, the Lakers, and the Suns, like, you can make the argument for pretty much anybody for that fourth seed. Like the Warriors can get it. The Mavs can get it. Depending on how soon Jamal Murray comes back, the Nuggets could probably get it. Like, so it le- it's going to be interesting to see how the Clippers kind of uh, try to hold on and try to figure it out. Cause, and plus, it depends because a lot of people, when it originally came out, it was like, hey, Kawhi could miss like eight months and he can be back at the end of the season. But like now, everyone, like now the thought process is he's not coming back this year. So it's just like, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Maybe the Clippers, I don't know their draft pick situation, but maybe the Clippers look and say, we can get a lottery pick. We can add a young talent to this team, or we could just add another good young asset. Let's let it roll and figure it out from there. You know, So it, it's interesting to see, but they're kind of teetering on that team that could potentially be good and potentially want to miss the playoffs almost, which is weird to say.
0: Uh, Dolan, what's your thoughts on the extension with, with Kawhi?
1: I mean, the Kawhi
2: extension you have to make. I mean, like, you invest all that into Paul George. You can't just give up on it after one year. You Paul George – I mean, Kawhi just basically names his price, and you go from there and make the rest – figure out the rest of it. Um, As we saw in the playoffs, they were still pretty competitive, even without – uh, Kawhi out there I do think Paul George is a good enough player to run an offense through and I think that the team is a really deep team that can still make the playoffs I don't expect them to make it out of the first round or definitely not to the Western Conference finals or anything but I mean I, I still like that team. I, I've been a big fan of that team since the Kawhi, Paul George, you know, era. Um, and I'm bummed Kawhi's out for the year, but I think it's still going to be a pretty solid season for the Clippers. You just kind of have to manage your expectations based on Kawhi.
0: Definitely. Um, another guy who signed his extension, you know, Embiid seems like, uh, yeah, it seems like Philly <laughs> finally, you know, committed to one of these guys. Uh, you know, Embiid signed that big extension. I remember when he when he signed his first extension off his rookie contract, there were a whole bunch of you know stipulations if he gets injured, blah 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 blah. But um, seems like this one has none of that. Just you know, straight cash. Um, you know, the Simmons situation is still a big thing in that organization. Um, I definitely think, you know, how, if they keep Simmons or whatever, I just think um, they take somewhat of a step back. Don't know how big, don't know how small that step back is, but I don't, I don't see how they don't, how they stay the same team or get better. I don't see that, especially with the traumatic uh, playoff experience that they had. I I don't know how that works out, but um, yeah. What's your thoughts, Haynes, on the extension and, you know, the whole Simmons ordeal.
1: I think the extension was excellent. I think it locks in the weird thing about Philly, right? And this is just my standpoint, is that in any every other sport, they're like a big market. But then like basketball, they're not a big market, right? So it's like you look at the history of the Sixers, it's like Iverson and since Iverson stopped being Iverson, like they've kind of just been another team right so they, like they
0: had andrew bynum for like <laughs> don't forget iggy played. don't forget iggy man Drew Holiday. Uh, yeah, Drew Holiday. No, no, daddy is kidding. young come on yeah, man. They, 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 Spencer Hawes come on man <laughs>
1: <laughs> they they definitely had some names but like that one that one star like I feel like they you know like before it was like Dr. J and all that stuff uh-huh. and now it's like I feel like Joel Embiid is there not only to try to get them to win the title but this is also like a legacy move you know to lock them in this is going to be someone who his jersey nine times out of ten will be probably retired i wouldn't be shocked if he won the mvp this year you know this is someone that they needed to keep around I, i i am on the fence on the whole ben simmons sixers thing because on one hand i think the Sixers were so good last year right and it was like it wasn't it wasn't like you look at the sixers and you think man like these five players just overplayed, you know, or you know, exceeded expectations, right? They kind of played to like average expectations. Maybe Tobias Harris played way over his head, but like yeah. I kind of feel like if they ran it back, the the path to being just the same team is like right there whereas so it was
2: the one seed.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe Brooklyn. Well, Brooklyn's the only factor now. Like Brooklyn's probably going to win 60. Yeah. But like, I also think that they're going about it the wrong way, right? Like some people have argued like, hey, the Sixers are keeping Ben Simmons. They're going to run it back because they think when the market for Damian Lillard breaks and teams got to discuss a trade that they're going to be right there with Ben Simmons. And it's just like, I don't think that at all. Like, I kind of feel like the i kind of feel like they needed to tr- if you're going to trade him you needed to trade him this sum- you needed to trade him this summer and try to get like multiple pieces back and it's like now they're kind of stuck and like i don't know who's taking ben simmons i like him i think he's like one of the top 25 players in the league i think the ultimate thing you got to look at with simmons is that he's a center you know that is a guy who needs to be playing the five you need to figure out a defensive system that oh, limits shots to- at yeah Like, limit shots at the rim, and then you use his playmaking and creating on the offensive end in stretches, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't – I kind of feel like they're stuck, right?
2: Yeah. No, I I have a really good friend who's in Philly, and he is based – he, basically, all my Philly friends are at the point where they just – it's crazy to me. they, They just want Simmons gone at this point. They're just so sick of it. Um, they think it's gonna be a shit show if he comes back. I I really think that like you said, I've been trying to tell him all summer, like I thought it made a lot of sense for them to make a run at Kyle Lowry and run it back. Um, but it seems like, you know, that they're hell bent on trading Ben Simmons by the deadline. Um, I think that the extension for Embiid is something you had to do, especially with the Simmons situation forcing your hand That you need to lock down the future of your franchise. But I don't think that contract's going to age very well at the end either. So that really also increases the pressure on Maury to bring in a player like Dame or a win-now player because I don't think Embiid's window is going to be as long some of these other players just by the nature of the position and his injury history.
1: Oh yeah.
2: But but I think Jaden Springer is a great fit for them. I think he, if he can play and play well, he fills a lot of holes for them. Even if, even if you could get CJ McCollum and like somebody for Simmons and you had Springer McCollum out there, like at least it's more spacing and shooting and I don't know, but Ben Simmons, he said he's a good player, and it just—I just don't see the fit with those two working
1: out. And one of my biggest things, and I felt this way, and then um, I don't know if you guys follow him. His name is Big Waz. He works for the Ringer. He said it on a podcast, and I and I always wondered why this was the case. Is that Embiid has manufactured his game, has fixed his game to work with Simmons. It's never been the other way around. At all. Joel Embiid takes a bunch of threes partially because he likes doing it but that's partially because he needs to stretch on the offensive side and it's like at this point Ben Simmons kind of needs to start shooting threes just to shoot threes you know like if he's 31 yeah like if he's 31 percent next year that means if he takes 200 of them and he's 31 percent, that means he hits an amount of them that allows a team to be like okay you know that is something in the arsenal but he hasn't done that and it seems like one thing philadelphia media and i'm not attacking all of them is that when it was simmons and it was false and those guys always used to get off in the media i was just gonna bring this up yeah anytime in the media those guys are asked any questions that seemed Controversial or something that forced them to feel uncomfortable, they just would not answer it. Uh, And it's like, and it's just like, yeah, they coddled them. And now it's just like the Sixers are one of the teams where they may not be the best team in the East, right? But if anything happens that changes the trajectory of the teams that are contenders in the league in the Eastern Conference, we're talking about Philadelphia as a team benefiting from that. And when you're in that space, you cannot be allowing these players to, like, take advantage of you or allowing these players to just say, hey, I, I don't want to shoot threes. Like, what do you mean you don't want to shoot threes? Like, you see that we need that in your game, and we you see that we need more from you. You have to do it, you know?
2: thing, like, and it, coming out of the draft, like, you were like, okay, Ben Simmons can do all these things. He can't shoot, but he'll get better. He hasn't even shown a willingness to, like, attempt shots, except for that one that he hit against the Knicks. But like, it's, it's it's mind blowing that you don't even have the threat that people won't even guard you anywhere near the three point line because you won't even put up a shot.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's it's frustrating to see, you know. And I like, don't know if if
2: part of that is like because false was so bad that he got a pass for those years that he was like, ah, oh, my shot's bad, but at least it's not as bad as this guy who's the, who's the guard. But like. I I I
0: don't get it. I mean, I'm gonna keep it real. I'm a huge Simmons fan. I think Sim Simmons is. Simmons is one of my top five favorite players in the league. I
1: like Simmons. He's
2: not top five, but he's definitely. I, like I think
1: he's he's almost underrated to me because right, I feel right like now, yeah, I feel like all we talk about is the shot. Where it's like this is one of the like five best defenders in the league, bro. Like, Easy. He should have won yeah. a
2: play the best player two years in a row.
0: I, I say that all the time. He should have won it back to back. I think he's one of the better all time defenders could guard multiple positions. He he moves the ball. He's one of the, his vision is elite. One of the best visions we've ever seen. Remember he's six 11. Like I, there's, a, I think whatever team he goes to, he's going to make them exponentially better. Um, I see the, the room, like the, the shot. I understand that. Like I would never defend why he doesn't shoot the ball. Why? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that either, but his impact, you know, the reason why Philly has been such a dominant defensive team, the reason why Philly has been—I know—I understand in you know, he—he's the leader of that team, but and Simmons thiable. and, and Thiebel, but Simmons is <laughs> Simmons, bro. He is the—he is the safety of that of that defense. He is. He's that guy, and and um, you know, everybody has bad playoff series and, and all that stuff. And they were they were series before that where he won them by himself. There was, I remember, he beat Miami his rookie year all by himself without him Embiid, um, before Jimmy Butler. But that he still, you know, beat him by himself as a twenty-one year old, twenty-year-old. Um, I still think there's, I still think there's better things to come from Ben Simmons. I just don't think it's in a Philly uniform. And the media, like, the disrespect, like, I I hate to see it, man. I really do. I really do.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think we – I don't know. I want him to go somewhere where he can play well and just kind of figure it out. But, like, at this point, it's like he has to want to figure it out. And, like, mm-hmm. he has to want to shoot. And, like, I don't even – like, the, the funny thing is that I think Ben Simmons does so much positive that even if he shoots and he's shooting poorly and he's still trying to figure it out like I would take those four possessions a game where he's shooting a three and it's a miss and allow him to figure that out for like the 10 12 possessions that he makes good you know so I just think I think a change of scenery would be good I think having the right shooting coach having someone who can properly get to him and have him understand where he needs to where he needs to be is the best form. And I think ultimately it helps the leak. So hopefully it works out at some point.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, uh, the last two guys um, before we let you go, Haynes um, got an extension, you know, Marcus smart. Uh, got extension with Boston. We spoke about time Lord getting his money. Um, weird because, you know, Marcus smart, there were rumors when they were having that all fear last year, you know, because he was coming into the last year of his deal. Uh, Marcus smart. Was he going to get traded? Was he not? A um, bunch of question marks when Danny Ainge was up there, but it seems like uh, seems like uh, Brad Stevens has a vision for this team. Uh, got rid of Kemba ASAP, uh, paid his guys uh, <laughs> smart time, Lord, uh, and got Dennis Smith uh, not Dennis Smith, Dennis Schroeder for the low. Um, what's your thoughts on Boston, man? You think they're better than us on the same level? Uh, what's your thoughts?
1: Um. I like the smart extension. I just feel like he's one of those players that you kind of know what he is, and like I feel like he shot well from three recently. So yeah, he's someone who is like his game is taking a step forward. The only thing he really can't do is he's not a point guard, so which which limits him somewhat. But when you can defend multiple people, it doesn't really matter. Um, I've been going back and forth for whether the Boston's better than us, to be honest, because I feel like you know, I feel like that uh, Miami. Atlanta, New York, Boston. I feel like that its own separate tier in the East. And like they're so close to me. I'm just trying to figure out how would you break those teams apart. And I keep coming to the coming back to the fact that Jason Tatum's the best player in that group. Right. And when you start looking at like that, it's kind of like, okay, he's the he's the best player in that group, but they also have the coach with the least amount of experience as a head coach. But they also probably have like uh, Jalen Brown played really well last year. He was an all star. Like, if you can, if you think he's the fifth best player in that group, which is tough, like, it's tough to see them being lower than like Atlanta or New York if you think they have two of the five best players in that group.
2: It just, for me, I think the issue is just their depth. Yeah. Like, yeah. Their top tier talent is good. But and in the playoffs, I think you see that shine. Even I it think it's even more important in the playoffs, though, when your star players play heavy minutes. But in the regular season, they they just brought back what Aniskanter, like I think. Yeah, that was nasty. Yeah, I, I feel I feel bad for my Boston Mutuals, but I mean, it's I think they're. Pretty close to the Knicks. I think the Knicks Knicks have a better regular season record, but I wouldn't be surprised if they moved past them in the postseason.
0: For sure, for sure. Definitely got to see what the Celtics do. You know, Jalen Brown, Tatum just getting better. I think uh, Peyton Pritchard and Neesmith's play in the summer league gives them a little bit of optimistic. You know, with the depth in the lineup, you know I like what Pritch- uh, what Pritchard did his rookie year. You got to see um, how much he improves in, in his second year. Um, I definitely agree; they're definitely in that group. I would definitely add the Bulls in that group, just me personally. But mm-hmm. um, definitely, definitely. Um, the last guy I wanted to talk about before we let you go is uh, Scary Terry. How former do you South do? Excited. Yeah, former self <laughs> today, man. How do you do, Scary Terry? Um, got his extension. Um 23 million dollars per year, which is you know, a lot of money for, for a lot of money. But um, I can't be bad, man. I like the I, I like, I like um I like uh Terry Rozier's game. Um, I, I don't think he's that bad defensively. Um improved every year he's been in the league, uh, especially the last two years in Charlotte. I think he's a great fit with Lomelo Ball. With Lomelo Ball being six seven, um, I definitely think uh they fit well together. Um, he could finally just be in his role and just score the basketball. And I think that's his best uh, place, his best role in this league. Um, you know, he shot pretty well from three um, the last two years. Uh, I can't be mad at the deal. You know, 23, the the number, I would have liked it to, you know, go to 19, 20 million dollars. Yeah. But um, as far as Charlotte's, uh, because they don't get free agents. So, you know, they putting around a core around LaMelo with Hayward, um Terry Rozier uh Bridges um Washington you know they're they're just trying to develop um a core around this guy as best as possible um can't be mad can't be mad for them securing a guy who's gotten better he's hit big shots for them he's taken over games I I've watched at least 35 Charlotte games on league pass no bullshit and 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 most of the time Terry Rozier is dancing on guys and 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 he had to me the eye test I, I don't maybe the numbers say something else, but to me, the eye test, I can't be like, yo, they're a bad defensive team because Terry Rozier is out there. I don't see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think they had the worst big man situation in the league last year, and that was a big part of that. Um, they're just defensive numbers overall. Uh, but yeah, I can't be mad. What's your thoughts on, on, on Terry getting his deal?
1: I'm happy for Terry, man. I feel like some players they get this reputation uh based off of what they say right so like terry rosier when he was coming off the celtics he wanted the bag and like he was talking crazy like he was getting in the bag and then he went and he got some good money in charlotte and he doubled up this offseason so i'm happy for him i'm happy that he made his money I, charlotte is such a weird team to me because i don't know how to properly uh parse through it right because in a weird way in a roundabout way I kind of feel like they're the team that needs their best young player to become a star because between LaMelo, Washington, uh, Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges is coming up on a contract extension. I have no idea what that's going to look like. They have Gordon Hayward. They just took Kai Jones and Booknight. Like, they kind of feel stuck in, like, that middle group in the Eastern Conference they kind of need LaMelo to kind of take a step forward. So I'm interested to see what Charlotte does. I'm interested to see if those guys can take another step forward. Like PJ Washington was good um before LaMelo got hurt and then he kind of tailed off. Same with Bridges. Book Knight, a lot of people loved Book Knight near the end of the draft process. You know, I think he was good, not in the moody, uh not in the moody, um, what's the other guard? <laughs> now now I'm forgetting his name, but like it's in nice. that tier of top yeah in that in that tier of guards Mm -hmm. and now you know they're kind of all together on one team and like it'll be interesting to see because i kind of feel like the hornets front office they're cool with this team just being just good enough to make the playoffs and get playoff revenue but like when we talk about them and the idea that they need to be a championship level team or a team that has at least some aspirations they need Lamelo to take a step forward
2: i agree with that and like And like you guys kind of said, like free agents don't really come to Charlotte. So the fact that you have to overpay guys like Gordon Hayward and Terry Verzier a little bit to come, like it's Mm -hmm. part of doing business. And like we've seen with the Knicks, like cap space is overrated. Like you need to put together a competitive team and maybe they don't get better this year. Maybe they take a step back because I don't, I think book night isn't going to be a huge impact player year one. I think next year two he'll take a big leap. But the only problem I kind of have with the deals they did is I think instead of signing Rozier at his contract, they should have signed Graham at the contract he got. And I think that would have been a better fit at a lower number. But other than that, I mean, I, I, I think their core and their backcourt is set up for the future. And I like I said, I just think this year, they take a
0: slight step back. I don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that. I think oh, uh, I think Rozier is definitely on another level than Graham has shown so far. I definitely think Rozier definitely showed the ability to okay, to be. Question on that. Okay.
2: Okay. You love Terry Rozier, but you hate Reggie Jackson, and I
0: don't understand it. <laughs> 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 bro, bro, Reggie Jackson. What Reggie Jackson had one good playoff series.
2: Bro, you're forgetting OKC
0: Reggie Jackson. Oh, we counting that?
2: Are we not?
0: I'm. talking about meaningful minutes, man.
2: I'm just talking about as a player.
0: Overall. At least Terry. At least Terry Rozier uh helped Boston go to the uh, Eastern Conference say, hey, was- hey, hey. At least there's 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 um, you know, <laughs> come on. There's 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 something <laughs> no, there with no. I'm Rozier.
2: agreeing with you. I'm just saying. I think it's funny that you love Rozier but hate uh him so much. That's
0: all. When they're similar players, yeah, yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. all. That's all. <laughs> Just
2: playful jab.
0: Uh, man. But yeah, can't 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 be mad, man. Can't be mad. No, with, not at all. Can't be mad, bro. Um, yeah, that's pretty much everything I wanted to talk about with Haynes. Um, shout out to Haynes for coming on again, man. Uh wrapping up everything that happened in the off season. Make sure to check out Haynes on Twitter. Uh, I'll, if you're watching on YouTube, his links and the next wall will be in the description below. Uh, make sure to check out me and Nolan on Twitter. Make sure to check out the corner three pod on Twitter. Make sure to check out our website. I have all our episodes on there as well, and um, articles coming up as well. And uh, yeah, man, I'll talk to you guys next time. Yeah, thanks. Thank on, you man. for having me,
1: man. I, pre- I appreciate it. Let me know. You guys, you guys hit me every time. You know, I'm not gonna deny you guys. Let me know when I have another one. All right,
0: we we appreciate you, brother. All
1: right, take it easy.